We are beginning a new series, but we are following a narrative that we have been taking. So over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the Passion Week of Jesus, and particularly in the Gospel of John, taking different events and different conversations. Two weeks ago, obviously, was Easter. We talked about the resurrection of Jesus. And last week, Philippa in John chapter 21 looked at the um, appearance of Jesus um, at the Lake of Galilee, and he cooked up a breakfast, fry up for his disciples. It's an amazing story and well worth reading, um, if you like. Um, but now we're starting a new series, so we're not staying on the Gospel of John, but we're taking scriptures from, from different uh, Gospels. But we are going to be looking at the, um, the appearances of Jesus. So we're continuing with the narrative in our lead up to Pentecost, looking at the promise of the Holy Spirit and the event of Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday. Today, we're looking particularly at the Emmaus Road experience, which is a remarkable story. And I'm going to read it to you from uh, Luke chapter 24. I'm going to try and read it quite quickly, but I'm going to add live a little bit as well. So join with me. If you've got your Bibles, you can read it there as well. It says here, now that same day, this is Easter Sunday, by the way, Jesus was uh, crucified at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. He actually died at 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon. He was buried soon afterwards. Saturday was the Sabbath, and Sunday morning, um, the woman went to the tomb, and the tombstone was rolled away. The guards were no longer there. They saw Jesus' clothes in the tomb. Apparently, they saw angels. Mary Magdalene claims that she saw Jesus of Nazareth. They went back to the other disciples. And now, in the afternoon... We pick up the story. There were two of them who were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened. As they discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, hey, what are you discussing together as you walk along? He stood st they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know about the things that are happening in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. His chief pri the chief priests and our rulers had him handed over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. <sighs> but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did the Messiah not have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Hey, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. When he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, 
were not our hearts burning within us as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Then they got up and returned to Jerusalem at once. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, Hey, it's true. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two had told them what had happened on the way to Emmaus and how Jesus was recognized them when he broke the bread. Let's pray quickly. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we pray that you would speak to us all today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. You can shout it back to me through the screen or you can write it on the sidebar. Have your hopes ever been dashed? Have you ever been disappointed before? I remember a few years ago, I tried to convince someone to marry me. I know. Um, I had built up to this moment for some time. I was dating this person for a couple of years and I had decided that now was the time. So I remember calling a dad and asking for his consent for which he gave. I then went to Farringdon and, and shopped the ring shops and went into one particular ring shop and found a ring that I fancied. And the woman behind the counter convinced me to pay the extortion amount of money, which I thought was absolutely absurd for something so small to which I did. Um, and which there was no going back after this point. I had bought the ring, I had talked to her father. The only last thing to do was to actually pop the question. So I set up this day. I arranged to meet her at this restaurant. It was a really cool meal and uh, it was really nice. I wine and dined her, hello. Um, <laughs> I then took her to this, the theater and um, we watched this really amazing play and it was a lovely evening so then I took her from the theatre to St James Park, we went for a walk and we ended up on a bridge at St James Park and we were looking up at Buckingham Palace and I had built up to this moment for so long I was shaking in my boots, I didn't know whether or not I could actually bring myself to popping the question. So. So, so I sheepishly asked her to turn around and look towards Buckingham Palace. I mean, it was kind of obvious what was happening. She did. I got down on one knee and I popped open the ring box and I said, okay, surprise, now turn around. And she turned around and I can remember the look in her eyes. Look of fear, not love people. Look of fear. She turned around and looked down at me on one knee and the ring staring back up at her. And she said, she, all I saw were these motions. She, she said, no, no. She said, stand up, stand up. This is not the time, the place. This cannot be, no. She, she, she didn't know how to take it. And I remember in that moment, my hopes being dashed. It was like the floor just opened up and swallowed me alive. I can remember the sensation, the feeling, the emotion of being disappointed, disillusioned, disheartened in that moment. Now I should note that I did manage to convince her to, to accept my invitation to come and be my wife. And she is now my wife, of which I'm very happy. So that all worked out. But in that moment, I can remember how I felt. And I'm wondering today whether you can relate, connect with the way I felt. Have you ever had a similar experience where you have built up to such a moment and then that moment has fallen through? and it did not happen as you thought it was gonna happen, and your hopes were dashed, you were disappointed, you were disillusioned, you were disheartened, you were discouraged, and that's what you felt in that moment. Now, if you've ever experienced that emotion, that feeling, that sensation, those thoughts, then today you can connect 
with the disciples right after the death of Jesus, because this is how they were feeling. For three years, they had built up to this moment. Previously to walking into Jerusalem, they were elated, they were ecstatic, they, they were high on what was happening. This was a movement of, of that was dynamic, it was, it was growing, it was building. Jesus was, was healing people, he was opening the eyes of the blind. He had raised Lazarus, a person who had been dead for three or four days. He had now walked into Jerusalem, or rode into Jerusalem rather, on a donkey to the cries of Hosanna. Thousands of people laid palm branches, their cloaks at the feet of Jesus as he entered Jerusalem as a king, as somebody with messianic attributes to overthrow the Roman Empire and redeem Israel. They had been building up to this moment for so long and in an instant, in a moment, in, in a few hours, this, this hope that they had was dashed. It was gone. Jesus was crucified by the Romans and he was laid in the tomb. And now this very thing, everything that they had hoped for was lost. And they were disappointed. They were disillusioned. They were disheartened. They were discouraged. And they were lost. And it's in these moments, it's in this moment, that two disciples, Cleopas and his companion, of whom commentators believe they were part of the 70 whom Jesus sent out in Luke chapter 10. They were followers of Jesus, considered to be his disciples, but not of the 12. These two disciples, followers of Jesus, decide to take a walk. They leave Jerusalem and walk the seven miles to Emmaus to the house where they were staying, probably during the Passover. This is a three plus hour long walk in the heat of a Middle Eastern sun on a Sunday afternoon. And it's in the midst of this walk that Jesus turns up. It should be noted today, first and foremost, that Christianity is not a single standalone moment or event in time, but rather Christianity should be likened to a walk. In fact, Paul likens it to a walk. In 2 Corinthians, he says, we walk by faith. In fact, Peter likens Christians to sojourners and pilgrims. He says, as sojourners, as pilgrims, as people in this world, as people who are journeying from one destination to another, keep yourselves from sin. Paul also famously likens Christianity to a process. He says in Philippians 2, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Christianity is not a single standalone moment in time, but Christianity is a walk. It's a journey and it is a process. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I would quite like to be raptured in the moment, at the point of my salvation, like the thief on the cross. Like that was quite convenient, don't you think? I mean, he's hanging there on the cross. He looks over to Jesus and he's like, hey, I don't really know who you are, but I know that you're not like us. You're not a criminal. You, you, you do things that's not like us, okay? So, so whoever you are, when you enter your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus says, famously says, this very day, I will remember you and you will be with me in paradise. The day he died was the moment that he was raptured up into the heavens. And I think oftentimes that would be really nice, wouldn't it? 
That would be really nice at the moment of salvation when I profess my faith, it'll confess my faith in Jesus. Oh, that's it. I'm raptured up to heaven and I'm with him. Paul said to be absent in the body is to be present in Christ. He said in another place, hey, it's better for me if I am with the Lord, but for your sake, I'm going to stay with you. It would be nice, wouldn't it? But for the vast majority of us, that is not the case. We profess, we confess our faith in Jesus. We make it, we, we say, yeah, okay, God, I'm, uh, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to commit my life to you. Um, okay, what happens now? And oftentimes, not too much in our, in our external circumstances changes, but we do enter a walk of faith. We enter a journey and we enter this lifelong process of working out our salvation. We walk it out and we work it out. And what I love about this story is that Jesus was, Jesus was with these two disciples in the midst of their walk. The Bible says that Jesus, that God is the author and the perfecter, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, but he is also the God of the gaps. He is also the God of the middle. He is the God of the walk, the God of the process, the God of the journey. He is present with these disciples in their walk, in their journey, in their process. And I love what Jesus does in the midst of this journey. He comes alongside them, he walks with them, and he plays the idiot. He's like, hey guys, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, have you not heard? And he's like, heard what? And they're like, oh, Jesus of Nazareth. And he's like, Jesus who? And they're like, oh, and they give him the whole story as though Jesus wasn't, you know, who he said he was. And what's remarkable is, is, that, is that Jesus wasn't recognized by them. And I wonder if you've ever experienced that in your walk, in this process, in, in this journey of faith. I wonder if you've ever experienced walking this walk out and feeling as though God's not with you in this walk, in this journey, in this process. And oftentimes we can feel like that. And perhaps you even feel like that now in these disruptive and uncertain times. Maybe you're asking, God, where are you? Are you even in my journey? Are you even in my process? Are you in my walk? Where are you, God? And Jesus was unrecognizable to these two disciples. But what is so profound about how Jesus demonstrates how he is and who he is in this story is that he was with them, even though they didn't recognize him in their walk. And I want to encourage you today with this simple thought that even though you might not recognize God in your journey, in your walk, in your process right now, I encourage you that he is with you. He is with you in your journey. He is with you in your process and he is willing to work it out with you. I love the way that he opens up the conversation and creates a safe space for these two disciples of his by playing the idiot. And, and the Bible likens Jesus to, or the Holy Spirit rather, to our counselor, to our comforter, as someone as who we can open up to and journey with and process with. And in this time, you know, you might be feeling disappointment and discouragement and disillusionment. You might be feeling lost, like those two disciples were feeling. And, and, and Jesus is asking, hey, hey, what's going on in your life? What's happening? 
and you're like, oh, have you not heard? Coronavirus. And she's like, Corona what? Tell me, talk to me, speak to me, let me know, communicate with me. He's longing for your communication, your process, your walk and your talk. Jesus is saying, come on, I'm here, I'm with you, and I'm wanting to hear what you have to say. So my first encouragement with you today in what we can take from this story is that Jesus shows himself to be with us in our walk and willing to, to work out that which we want to work out with him. Amen? Not that you can say amen, but say amen. Secondly, he, he points them to the word. These disciples were lost. They were discouraged, disheartened, disillusioned, so on and so forth. And Jesus anchors these two disciples to the word of God. He says, oh, come on. Don't you remember the scripture? Don't you remember what was said? Hey, let me take you to Moses. Let me take you to the prophets. Let me take you to the Psalms. Did you not know that the Messiah had to, had to suffer and die at the hands of sinful men and then enter his glory? Did you not know? And Jesus opens up the scripture to these guys. And when Jesus was revealed to them, they said to each other, did our hearts not burn within us? as he opened up the scriptures to us. What I find so profound about this story is that Jesus doesn't just anchor them in his bodily resurrection and reveal himself to them as the risen Messiah, but he anchors them in the word of God. And Jesus is encouraging us today to walk in the word. In these uncertain and disruptive times, you may well be feeling lost. Some of you maybe have built up to a moment. You were building life and life had some momentum and it had some growth to it and some multiplication and, and, and things were going good and growing and moving forward and everything was well. And now the, the floor has fallen beneath you and you feel like you've been swallowed up and you're disappointed and you're lost and you're frustrated and you're not sure what's going on. And I believe in these uncertain and disruptive times, Jesus would have us anchor our lives to his word. He wants to anchor us to what he has to say in his word. And it's in his word that we find scriptures like this. Romans 5 says it like this. Or should I say first, let me, let me say this first. In, in Romans 10, Paul tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Jesus opened up the scripture to these two disciples and their hearts were burning within them. Faith had an opportunity to erupt in their heart. Hope had an opportunity to be birthed once again. And this is what the Word of God does in us. It creates faith. Hearing the Word of God creates faith. And when we hear the Word of God, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 5. He says that since we have been made right with God um, uh, through faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this 
place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look toward uh, sharing God's glory. Now listen to this. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Really, Paul? Ugh, are you serious? He says this. For we know that they can help us develop endurance as we walk this Christian life out. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how God dearly loves us. The writer of Hebrews writes that this hope is an anchor to our soul. You might be feeling discouraged today. You might be feeling disappointed. You might be feeling lost. My encouragement to you today is that, yes, Christianity is a walk and that Jesus is with us in our walk. And he is encouraging us to anchor ourselves in his word. He is encouraging us to walk in his word because he has a hope on offer that will not lead us to disappointment. It is a real and a sure hope. It is a steadfast hope that applies the anchor and anchor to our soul that will steady us in times of disruption like this. So be blessed and know that God is with you and that he is anchoring your soul to his word today.